Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. On this week's episode is the first installment of Shitcoiner Turned Bitcoiner. I had thrown this question out on Twitter to see if there were any fellow plebs that uh, wanted to come on and tell their story of how they went from being a shitcoiner to a Bitcoin-only person. So uh, the first one on the docket is uh, Josh Khan. That's who I interviewed for this episode. Uh, Josh is on Twitter. He's known as Thundermeat, which is a great name. And, um, you know, it was a great conversation. He's an art teacher uh, and he's got young kids, uh, you know, teenagers and stuff like that. that He's trying to get into um, uh, get into Bitcoin. And, you know, he's kind of like, they're like, oh, dad, you know, you're a Bitcoin or whatever. Stop talking about it. But then he said, you know, during the interview is when son actually uh, is getting into it. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, fun to have these conversations, hear di- different people's stories. And uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with Josh. And uh, I'm glad to, to meet a fellow pleb here in the Twitter sphere. So if you um, want to reach out to me, you can email me. Bitcoin made simple podcast at gmail.com. Any questions? If you are a pleb that wants to come on the ep- on the show, um, you know, hit me up there or hit me up on Twitter at Corey underscore Tusik. And uh, I will gladly have you on. Love to hear everyone's stories and how they go through this. So thanks to our sponsors, the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off. Also, Movies Plus. Go to mymoviesplus.com or just go into the app stores, look for Movies Plus, and you can use the promo code Cory, C-O-R-Y, to get 20% off an annual subscription. We have tons of Bitcoin content and tons of other great content. Um, Probably by the time this episode is released, we'll actually have announced our first original films. Um, and, uh, I think you guys will enjoy them because they are, there's a lot of heat that's going to be coming they're going to get a lot of attention. So, um, and also, uh, upstream data, thanks to Steve Barber for, uh, you know, sponsoring the show and, and all the, uh, you know, great innovations that he is providing. And, uh, actually I think the next episode is with me and Adam O. So it was a good one. We, uh, we talked about, you know, all the different ins and outs of Bitcoin mining. Um, but, uh, but yeah, upstreamdata.ca is where you can check out the black box and find a way to muffle the sound of your miners and also uh, mitigate the heat a little bit. Um, at least, you know, you can put them outside and uh, they're weatherproof and all that good stuff. So more information there, upstreamdata.ca. And uh, I think that's it. Um, if there's anything else you guys need, again, reach out to me, Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast at gmail.com, and I will gladly interview any pleb that wants to come on and tell their story. I will talk to you guys later. Thanks. Okay, so I am here with Thunder Meat, which is one <laughs> of the funniest uh, Twitter names. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is the first. Uh, episode i'm doing that is the shitcoiner turned bitcoiner um episode uh and uh, i i think some of you have seen i reached out on twitter and said hey who wants to uh to come on so i had a couple people come on and this is the first this is the first one that i'm do- actually doing so i think this will be a fun series because we uh we all had our shitcoining phase you know yeah. um but uh but yeah go ahead and uh you know introduce yourself to the audience uh tell them a little bit about yourself and your background and we'll go from there 
Yeah, uh, my name is Josh, and um, I'm a teacher. I teach middle school art. Uh, I'm married. I have uh, three kids. Uh, one is going to be a senior this year. He's getting ready to graduate. Uh, I have a sophomore daughter and a, a fifth grade daughter. And um, uh, I'm fairly new to crypto and Bitcoin. Uh, I'm going on almost a year and a half, I guess, uh, from when I first got uh, introduced to it. Um, do you want me to just kind of tell you how I got started into it and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, first of all, I should ask you about, uh, so fifth grade, What you're teaching middle school art. Yes. Okay, well, is that like what grades? It's sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Okay, okay. That Those were my favorite art years because um, we had a pretty cool art teacher, uh, Mr. Carson, uh, Mr. if you're listening, Mr. Carson. Um, <laughs> and he uh, he let us like, you know, come down during our free periods and do things like shadow art and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we were listening to like Rage Against the Machine, Battle of Los Angeles had just come out. We'd be listening to that and like, you know, the, you would have thought it was like a group of stoners, but uh, there's never a dull moment in middle school art class for sure. I'm sure you get a lot of interesting art. Yeah. Um. So, uh, okay. So yeah. So give us your background, like how, how what got you into Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff, and and crypto in general, and then you know we'll go from there. Um, I first heard about Bitcoin. Uh, probably about five years ago. I don't even know exactly how many years ago it was, to be honest with you. I, I remember catching the tail end of an interview on the radio where someone was mentioning Bitcoin. And that was probably maybe 2015 or 16. And that's the first time I heard of it. Didn't think anything of it. Probably like most people when they first hear about it. And I did not hear of it again until last January, 2020, 2021 is when um, my brother sent a text and said, Hey, I just bought some Bitcoin. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, what is that? <laughs> and so that kind of got me started. And um, at that time I had just sold my house um, and bought a new house, but we weren't able to roll over our profits from our, our, old house into our new house because of uh, the way that the the buying and selling of the two houses didn't line up quite quite right so they told us we had to wait a couple months before we were able to put our our money from our old house into our new house and um at that point that's when my brother mentioned bitcoin i'm like wow why don't i just uh use this money for some crypto instead of you know just putting it into my in. house and so, and of course, my wife knows nothing about Bitcoin either. So um, that was your hardest tried, sell. What's that? That was your hardest sell. <laughs> you yeah. had to sell her. I told her we'd be uh, millionaires in, um, you know, in, in uh, a year or two. You know, I, I sold it pretty hard, even though at that point I was completely clueless. Um, and so um, at that point, I obviously I, I didn't know the difference between crypto and bitcoin uh, my brother unfortunately i love him but he recommended you know a book that he read and it was a crypto book not a bitcoin book um, and for anybody who's new to the the space um, there is a huge difference between crypto and bitcoin 
Um, I remember reading that book being completely clueless at the time as to what Bitcoin or crypto was. And I read that crypto book and I was still clueless. I had no idea what was going on or, or what it was. Um, it was probably like a multi-level marketing pitch where it was just like, you know, got you excited. <laughs> like, oh, I'm excited. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, it sounded interesting, but it, it lacked um, a lot of, you know, detail as to what exactly it was and why it's worth anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of just, I started buying stuff as you say, uh, you know, shit coins. Um, and then I realized, well, maybe I need some help. And so I started looking to see like where I could get information from people that actually know what they're doing. Um, unfortunately, I, I think I picked the wrong people again. I uh, actually signed up for, um, oh, what do you call it? I don't even know what you call it. I, I signed up for something uh, where I, you know, I get a, a weekly newsletter and, and stuff like that. And they, you know, they tell you what coins you should buy and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of got me, um, you know, heading towards, you know, Things like uh, I bought like Tezos, I bought Compound, I bought uh, the the dreaded Luna. Um, mm -hmm. I, I bought, I mean, everything, you know, they had a list of like 10 of their, you know, their top picks. I probably bought every one of them. And um, of course, at that time in January of 2021, everything was good. You could buy anything at that point mm -hmm. and it was going up. Uh, so I thought I was a genius at that point because everything I bought was, was doing great, of course, until May and June of that, of that year. And then everything tanked. Um, so what started my wheels turning in a different direction was I got on Twitter and just started following people. And I noticed Bitcoiners um, were they continue to say things like I'm never selling my Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And that's a foreign phrase to new people like me because I got in because I wanted to make money and like eventually sell it so I could get cash. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that got my wheels turning. So I actually had a few back and forth on Twitter with people asking like, why would you never sell your Bitcoin? That doesn't even make sense. Um, and so, uh, that's when I started looking deeper into just Bitcoin and, and looking at, um, like what makes Bitcoin different and why would you never want to sell it? And of course, um, listening to Michael Saylor, uh, was a big deal because that he, I mean, I could listen to Michael Saylor forever. Everything he says is golden. Um, mm -hmm. But just learning about why Bitcoin is important and what's wrong with our monetary system. Um, because if you don't know what's wrong with the current system, you're not going to really understand how Bitcoin fixes it. Um, of course, I read a couple of Bitcoin books that helped. Uh, you know, the Bitcoin standard is a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, I read a couple others and I think the important thing for anybody who's new is that it really takes a lot of time 
to digest Bitcoin. Like I said, I'm a year and a half into this and um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah. Um, it. It changes, Bitcoin changes the way you think about almost everything, I feel like. And so it's so new and you come in with your own preconceived biases and stuff like that. And when someone says Bitcoin is like perfect money or whatever, it's it's hard to wrap your mind around around that and it takes it takes a long time to become you know to go from buying all those other coins to realizing man i should have just i should have just stuck with bitcoin Mm -hmm. um so if you're new keep that in mind um really dig into it it takes for it takes a long time to really learn like why is it probably impossible for any other coin to really overtake bitcoin and there really isn't going to be another bitcoin i mean bitcoin is it um but it's hard for new people to to wrap their heads around that Mm -hmm. um i didn't have i mean i did get wrecked a little bit with some of those coins but i did have uh some successes you know i i had some success with cardano and, and polygon and a few other things where I actually made profit, but I'm not a trader. You know what I mean? So no newbies are really. So when you start messing around with those other coins, it's really easy to, to get wrecked because you, you don't know when to buy and sell and all that. Um, And that's kind of the the good thing about Bitcoin. I feel like it's, it's a long-term thing. I've got some now and I'm just going to hold on to it. And I don't have to worry about, Oh, is it up? Do I need to sell it or is it down? You know, whatever. I just uh, go to sleep at night and, uh, you know, I realize in five or 10 years, um, almost everyone's going to be using Bitcoin at that point. And, and um, all those other coins, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, they may have some usefulness and they may gain value. Um, I know most Bitcoiners say that they're all scams. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that they're all scams. They might, they might have some usefulness, usefulness, but um, it's my belief that Bitcoin will outpace them in the long run as far as value. And you're just, you're playing with fire with a lot of them. Uh, I bought Luna mm. um, pretty cheap at a couple bucks. And I thought I was a rock star. Um, it, it ended up being more than half my portfolio when it was, you know, at its peak. And I thought, well, dang, man, I, I'm, a, I'm an amazing uh, crypto investor. I know what I'm doing and all that. And then, you know, one morning I wake up and it's all gone <laughs> oh. in a blink of an eye. And there's nothing I could do because I had it, I had it staked. You know, I can't, it, it takes 21 days to, to unlock your Luna. So there's no way I could sell it even when I saw that it was plummeting. Um, and that was the case for most people that were in Luna. Uh, there's no way to get out of it. Um. You just and, had to watch it disappear and evaporate. Yeah, it, it, it hurt, but I mean, it, it was such a s- small, like when I initially invested in Luna, it was like 1% of my portfolio. So it, it, it hurt when it went to zero because I didn't sell it when it was, you know, at the top. But overall, I guess if I, I, I try to rationalize it by saying, well, I just lost 1% of my portfolio. Yeah. Uh, technically, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, kind of lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, sorry, I derailed you. That's all right. Um, so I got, I guess when I first got in, I was, uh, it was kind of dangerous because I was somewhat clueless and yet I had some money to invest. <laughs> so that's kind of a dangerous thing. Um, so my advice for newbies is, you know, kind of take it slow, um, just buy Bitcoin and, um, realize that it's going to take a while to wrap your head around it. And, you know, it's, it's the, the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Uh, apparently is endlessly deep and um, you can continue uh, learning new things about Bitcoin and what it solves. Um, you know, there's no end to it. Um, it that's, that's what I've learned so far. Um, I was just uh, with a couple of, of friends uh, last week um, on a vacation and the topic of Bitcoin came up. And one of them was um, just adamant that he he hated hmm. Bitcoin and crypto because of the energy use. And um, I, I guess I never understood why people are, are so against Bitcoin because of the energy. Um, I, I guess they just don't understand Bitcoin because if you understand what Bitcoin is, you realize that the fact that it uses energy... Um, is what makes Bitcoin Bitcoin. It's what secures it. It's what, you know, it's what allowed Bitcoin to solve the uh, double spending problem. Mm -hmm. um, and using a little bit of energy to create the best money in the world, I feel like that's, a, you know, that's not a bad thing. Um, but it's hard to convince other people of that, mm -hmm. especially if they, they don't really know and understand Um how important Bitcoin is. You know, you say something to someone like uh, Bitcoin might be one of the best inventions that humans ever came up with. And they laugh at you. They have, you know, they have no idea what you're talking about. They think you're joking when you say something mm -hmm. like that. And no, no, I'm not joking. I really do think Bitcoin is one of the greatest uh, creations that, that humans came up with. And it's going to change everything. Um, just like in the, I forget which book I was just reading, but Bitcoin doesn't have one use case. Bitcoin has every use case because uh, you can use, you know, you use money to buy everything. Mm -hmm. And um, Bitcoin is the best money there is. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other friend I was with this this past week when we were talking about Bitcoin, his thing was, um, what's to stop, you know, another crypto you know from being you know bitcoin like what's he kept saying like what's stopping doge or what's stopping uh i forgot what other coin he came up with but you know what's stopping these other things from overtaking bitcoin and that was a tough question for me too when i first got into it like wh why why can't these other things overtake bitcoin mm -hmm. and that's not an easy question to answer. You, you, you really have to put in your, you know, some time and research into figuring out what exactly, you know, make separates Bitcoin from all those other things. You know, it's, it's decentralized. Uh, no one's in charge of it. Um, it's, you know, 
there's no single point of failure anywhere uh, in the network. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not like those other coins that uh, keep, you know, they don't have a limit. They just, you know, Doge coins got no limit to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So once again, if you're a newbie, um, just realize that it takes time and a lot of research to wrap your head around uh, Bitcoin and what makes it separates it from all those other, all those other things that you think are shiny and new. And if you're a gambler and I kind of sometimes think of myself as a gambler, um, if you're a gambler and you want to gamble on, on those other coins, um, go for it, I guess, but it truly is a gamble. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can, you can lose it in a hurry. Um, it's like worse than a casino gamble because like the cards are even more stacked against you because you have all these people just ready to rug pull you. Absolutely. You just, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen with some of those, you know, you hear something cool on, on Twitter or wherever, whatever social media, like, Hey, there's a the newest thing and it's going to the moon and you figure, well, why not? You know, throw some money in there and, see what happens but usually what happens is um it doesn't end well for a lot of people so i know the the bitcoin maxis their their heart is to try to save people from that fate mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so um it's kind of like it, it is tough because it's like tough love and sometimes maybe it can be a little too harsh but like i'll be honest if it wasn't like harsh like that i don't think it would have got my attention like yeah yeah when i first started listening to the bitcoin maxis i kind of thought they were jerks um in the way they come across it is kind of jerky um Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, yeah it, it might be necessary in a sense to to be that bold in order to catch people's attention so that um Hopefully they, they, you know, listen, <laughs> I, I, I try to plant seeds when I talk to people, I know they're not going to get it right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I plant a few seeds and, and say a few things that get them thinking, um, hopefully um, they'll do their own research or come back later and ask more questions. But it's understanding Bitcoin is more than just one conversation. It's just, it's too much. Um, so when I talk to people about it, I try to focus on like one aspect of it or ask them what one thing about it do they not understand, um, you know, and just try to, to hone in and focus on just one aspect of it because it's just too big. It's too broad to try to hammer it all out in one conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh boy. I mean, I've been watching it for a while. I've been invested for over two years now. And like, I'm still just like, I think I've, I've said publicly now a couple of times, like last spring, like spring 2021 was like the last time that I thought I understood Bitcoin. And like, now I'm just like, I'm just going to shut up and listen and learn. And that's what the podcast is great for because like, you know, whether it's, you know, conversations about mining, you know, 
like conversations like this where you know like i'm hearing your story and everything and i'm like because it's just your perspective now i was like you know what i think i need to like differentiate my conversations like because the way i try to convert people on twitter might be a little bit more brash and might be a little bit more toxic maxi and you know but then like in person you know when people like ask me like oh like you know do you like but i'm like oh the rest of them are all like scams you know and it's like that sounds a little maybe dogmatic or like you know very like uh like uh like you're in a cult or something where it's like everything else is a scam um where if like i just i can say the same thing but frame it differently to say like you know because like i've found i'm i'm i get exhausted explaining why so like it's easy to just say like oh everything's a scam but like hearing you talk about i'm like oh no you need to walk people through it and plant those seeds early it was definitely a turnoff when i first started hearing people saying everything was a scam because i mean realistically yes a lot of them are maybe most of them are um but in my mind the ones that i had invested in i thought well those aren't scams why are you calling everything scams and so it was a huge turnoff but um it, that's once again it's just you you have to learn about it you have to do your research and um eventually i realized yeah yeah, Luna, Luna wasn't for real. Luna was a scam. And I thought it was, you know, great. Yeah. Well, that's what I tell everybody now. I'm like, I, all of them have CEOs in a central point of failure. And I realized that one of the main things Bitcoin is doing is the decentralization of it. So let's get away from that central point of failure. And then, and then when it comes to, uh, you know, is it a, is it a scam or is it, you know, I don't know. I just, I just try to tell people like, look, if it has any value, it will exist on top of Bitcoin eventually. Cause like the, I tell people frequently, but the lightning network white paper, what was like, what officially flipped me into a maxi because I was still, it was still very early on like a couple of years ago. And I was like, Oh, you know, fast transactions make sense, you know, with Ethereum. And I'll just hold on to one ETH because, and then <laughs> I had heard about the lightning network, but I didn't really get it. And then, so I was like, all right, I need to read this thing. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Okay. Oh, I like, oh, everything that can be done there, all the other things. So like, if anything has a utility value, it's kind of cool. It's almost like a sandbox uh, to use like a, a tech term, but like, where like you can play with stuff before you publish it to the web you like are me messing around putting different things so it's it's almost like i'd prefer people play with, on top of bitcoin but it's like you see something that you know improves privacy and it's like okay that's cool like your coin is crap and it's going to fall apart but like there's some elements here that maybe we could pull over um so that's that's the way i look at it now but it's yeah it's it's a tough conversation but it, you know the maxis just continue to you know continue to be shown to be right like i'll say over the last couple of years you know ever since march of 2020 i'm like man these like maxis have just like for the most part been like hitting like batting a thousand you know with like yeah. 
not just calling out scams but like government things and like escalations and wars and you know you're like whoa like they are really like because whenever i would have never known this if it wasn't for maxis and everything but whenever uh putin said that he was going to start accepting uh other currencies and gold for oil it that was like a month before he invaded ukraine and i was like oh i was like signpost i was like something's about to go down and I was like, I only know that because of Bitcoin. Like, that's, yeah. that's the weirdest thing. Like, I know this geopolitical thing is going to happen because of Bitcoin. So it's kind of like what you said, like it reaches into everything. How have you seen it reach into everything, especially with being like an educator and stuff? Um, have you seen it? Has it changed your view on education at all? Um, not not really. Not in my, I haven't seen it bleed into to what I do um, as an educator yet. Um, I could see, you know, in another year or two, I could see Bitcoin being like, um, you know, something that anchors, you know, the, the um, retirement system, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Um, but in my everyday life as a teacher, no, nobody talks about it. Um, literally, I, people think that, hyper bitcoinization is just gonna you know something that's gonna happen pretty soon in a year or two or something like that there are so many people that have never even heard of bitcoin still to this day um or they might have just heard it in passing but have no idea what it is i think we have a lot of education to do because uh, there's still so many people that are clueless about it have no idea what it is or what it does it's not it's not something that's in um the mainstream news i guess like and i don't even watch the news that's the other thing and i think a lot of people are kind of in the same boat as me like i don't normally watch the news mm -hmm. i i mean if i wasn't on twitter i would never hear anything about bitcoin ever like uh, the conversation I had with my friends the other day about Bitcoin was because I brought it up, not because they brought it up. Mm -hmm. um, there's still so many people that just don't know what it is or maybe haven't even heard of it. Um, it's, you know, we're still, we're still early, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still, still way early. Yeah. It's, it's very far away. Like, I mean, there is the gradually then suddenly, you know, yeah phrase which is true but i do think like i mean you know in like january 2021 because i was a genius at that point like <laughs> i was like bitcoin maxi i was in before elon i was so smart yeah. and you know i was telling everybody like 100k by like probably march you know like before easter it's gonna be at 100k like this is crazy um and uh you know i've had to swallow those uh bitter pills but um but yeah it's just like i thought that hyper bitcoinization was gonna happen by like now you know by 2022 like yeah i was like of, of course yeah. it's gonna be hyper bitcoinization um you know and and so now like you know my uh friend luke my fellow pleb that uh the listeners know um you know he thinks that it'll be, I forget what his prediction is, but he thinks it'll be like $65 million a coin by 2030. And 
you know, but he's like, he has a rational bullish standard like a view, but I'm like, I don't know, man, like there's a big, there's a big thing to unpack here. Um, you know, to unravel this whole system. Um, but then again, like you see in like war torn areas, when people are cut off from their financial assets, they're using Bitcoin to get around that, you know, they're trying to flee their country and they can't take their money across the border but they can store their wealth in their head. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. That's huge. Yep. Um, I think it's life changing for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that like with teachers, you know, cause my, so I have two siblings, they're teachers, one at a private school, one at a public school, which, you know, those both have their, their differences. Um, I assume I, are you in your classroom now setting up for the year? Yeah. I'm in my classroom right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I I could tell. I mean, I just, you know, you have like the standard TV with the VCR. Well, I guess it's a DVD player nowadays. That's that's old school. I haven't used that thing in 20 years. And I think <laughs> I'm the only classroom in the school that still has it. And everyone else has got taken out. But for some reason, I still have my, my VCR. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Whenever that, like if you had a room that didn't have a TV and a VCR and you would like walk into the classroom. There's that meme where it was like the thing that was on wheels that had the TV on it. Yeah. And you were like, you walked in, you were like, Oh, today's going to be a good day. Yeah. Movie day. Yep. Today is a good day. Um, But, uh, but you know, so my brother is a, is a uh, high school physics teacher, Um, you know, and in, in, in the public system, I think I, I thought about this and I, because we had two friends over, over the weekend that are both teachers and um and i was thinking about like because i'm an you know entrepreneur so like i don't have some like fixed retirement plan and all that kind of stuff so it's like there's the spoils of being an entrepreneur but there's also like the spoils of being in like you know uh like a fixed retirement like where you're just you know where you're going you know like my brother when he got his job at 25 he knew like oh yeah i just stay here and you know and keep working i'm not saying it's an easy job it's just it's a hard job but you know he knew at that point okay when i hit 55 my you know pension will be x and you know and a lot of people that are in the fixed income space you know like my parents recently retired and i watch them like you know and they they get on social security and you're like okay so like you know let's hopefully say you live you know 30 years on social Mm -hmm. security like in 30 years, is that social security payment going to cover your expenses? I, I was I was just thinking along those lines because I have a couple of years until I retire. And I was thinking, there's no way with the rate of inflation, we know that's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, there's no way that fixed income is going to cover your expenses five, 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get another job in your retirement. You know what I mean? Yep. Which is what they want you to do because... They want you to, you know, keep buying useless stuff and, you know, mm. like spending more money. So they're like, no, 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 don't be sitting there enjoying your life, <laughs> you know. And, and Bitcoin changes like the way you think about, you know, time, like Bitcoin is, is a long term thing. It, it, if everyone were to to use Bitcoin, it would change the way you think instead of thinking I got to spend all this money right now before it, you know, it loses its value in, in the next year or two, you know, you can think long-term with Bitcoin. 
because Bitcoin's only, as as Michael Saylor says, Bitcoin's only going up. It's going up forever. Yeah, it's going up forever, they're, Laura. They're, yeah, they're never going to stop printing money, so. Oh, I know. I mean, I feel like this quantitative tightening that they've been doing, which is necessary, um, and I'm kind of subscribing to the belief that the Fed is raising interest rates because they just want to crush the euro and everything else. Um, but the faucet has, the faucet will turn back on, you know, those dollars are going to come pouring out again. Um, and, and the inflation is just going to get out of control. Like, I mean, they're, they're trying to tamp down inflation and it's like, what was it? 9.1%. Yeah. Like I just saw somebody say that they, uh, work like a friend of theirs works in a warehouse and that like handles grocery items and um and they said like everything is like 20 percent inflation across the board and okay. you know like my wife like we just we had like one of our kids birthday parties recently and she was like it's like really expensive this year so it's like 20 one of those things is bitcoin sitting at like 20 what is it 23k or something so i look like an idiot that way but it's like everything else I've said has been right. You know, like I, I told you inflation is going to get out of control. Um, I just thought they were going to happen in lockstep. So, yeah, it, it's interesting, like, because, you know, yeah, like I feel like teacher pensions should be allocating, you know, like you should be at least allocating 1% of your pension towards it. Because, um, you know, I do firmly believe, I always tell people that if, you know, don't spend, don't invest money that you need for four years. Like it just needs to be money that you can sit in the bank for four years. Um, and, and if Bitcoin is less than $10 million per coin in purchasing power, circa 2009 purchasing power, then it's on sale. Yeah. So just buy it. Um, and then don't check the price. But, uh, but like if you have a 1% allocation in your, you know, your pension fund, like that's going to go through the roof, you know, whenever yeah, 1% now is a big deal because yeah, it's going to skyrocket eventually. I mean, think about like, if you look at your pension, if any part of your pension where like or money market, when people have money markets, if any part of that, like 10 X, how big that would be. And like, all of a sudden you'd have your, your portfolio would look huge. You'd be like, Oh, that's great. And we know it's not going to stop at 10 X, you know, stop at a hundred X. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for when my uh, financial person um, tells me that they have they're offering some sort of Bitcoin um, investment because um, any any anytime I can you know invest tax free through that you know through the retirement system, I'm sure it won't be self custody Bitcoin, but um, if I can buy uh, tax free or whatever or pre taxed, I should say. Um, that would be a good deal for all of us. And I think it's only a matter of time before uh, teachers and, and stuff like that, people like that will be able to uh, invest in uh, Bitcoin for their retirement that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tried to help my parents. I don't know. I think my dad might still listen, but um, I tried to, I was like, got them. I said, hey, like, you know, yeah, it's, I'm a genius. It was January, 2021. And like, I think by the time I convinced them to finally put, put it in it was like the price of bitcoin was like 44k and and then it went up and i was like see i told you <laughs> and and now i'm sitting here like you know my like 
I was talking to my dad and my mom chimed in in the background like, oh, how is Bitcoin? You know, I was like, uh, yep, I know, I know, I know. I'm an when, idiot. Whenever, whenever I tell people about Bitcoin, I, I try to be careful uh, about saying like, like uh, that it's immediately going to go to the moon or something like that because it's so volatile. I, I'm very upfront when I tell people, yeah, it's it's volatile. It's because it's. Uh, this is another uh, Twitter uh, or tweet thing that I heard someone say. It's the, the price of Bitcoin is a reflection of um, what people of what clueless people think about Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin's price is a reflection of people that don't really understand Bitcoin. Um, it's not a million dollars yet because people don't understand that it's worth that much. If people understood, it would be if people understood how uh how much money bitcoin was worth it would be it would be like easily a million dollars yeah you know and and it's and the funny thing like it's kind of like you said like once you understand bitcoin like the price is almost irrelevant yeah. like it it has much more utility than that um well i i have to ask you about you know if you have you have three kids so you mentioned a, a senior and down to what fifth grade yep um what do you have you have your kids been exposed to it have you started talking to them about it um yes and um at first they uh made fun of me for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> like dad what are oh, you doing yeah bitcoin dad uh. um but now um they for the most part they they're not putting in their research. Uh, they're slackers. Let's just be real. They're slackers. They're not putting in their research. What teenager um, my, isn't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They think they know everything. Um, but my oldest, my son, he's a senior this year. Um, he did ask me the other day. He's like, ah, dad, can I get some Bitcoin? And so that was good to hear that. But then I said, well, what's your plan? Like, what, what do you, how long do you want to hold on to this Bitcoin? He's like, I'm, I'm just going to hold on to it nice so that's good to hear him say that he wants bitcoin and he's gonna hold on to it um he's not the most responsible person in the world though so i can see him uh losing his seed phrase two minutes after he gets it yeah um, <laughs> yeah that happens that people have lost them before um i might have to be a co co-person on his account for that you know, we should uh, get him. I'll show the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. That's uh, that's our sponsor, um, and uh, and get him one of those. And and uh, I would, I yeah, I wish I could go back. If if your son's listening to this, if he tunes in because his dad's on, like, dude, if you just allocate ten percent of anything you earn, mm -hmm. and just put it like you know because really going back when i was a teenager i should have just been taking 10 percent of what i earned and been putting it aside to save it mm -hmm. even in fiat dollars that should that would have been better than what i was doing with it i was being an idiot and spending everything um but if he puts that in bitcoin like if i could, oh man if i if i was 17 years old right now i'd be mm -hmm. taking my you know part-time checks and putting 10% into Bitcoin and then boy, oh boy, by the time you're, by the time you're like 28, you're going to be sitting pretty. That's what I told my son. I said, 10 years from now, 
you'll thank me. You'll thank yourself for mm-hmm. buying Bitcoin right now. Um, but it's, that's that's hard for even adults to figure that out, let alone a 17-year-old kid. Oh, especially when you're a teenager and you're not thinking about when you're 28, you know, like <laughs> that just yeah. doesn't cross your mind. You know, I was just thinking about the fact that like, you know, because I think in these 10-year intervals now, now that I'm in my 30s and I was like, I don't even think I fathomed that like when I was in high school, I was like, I'm like 10 years away from being a, like in 10 years, I'll be a dad. Like that thought never crossed my mind. Like I mm-hmm. I was like, eventually I'll have kids. Like I knew I would, but like, it's so much different than whenever, like when you're 18 and you're like 10 years ago, I was eight years old. So like yeah. 10 years from now, like what's going to be 10 years from now? We're like right now I'm 36 and it's like 10 years ago. Like, I don't know. My life was pretty much the same, like a little bit different, you know? <laughs> But like, I am who I am, um, you know, 10 years in the future. What am I going to be at 46? I don't know, just older, grayer, you know, like more tired. <laughs> it's um, hard as an 18 year old. Yes. And it's it's also hard because I have a uh, my wife is very uh, she's a very practical person. So she sees mine, too. <laughs> uh, uh, she very she sees in the very near future um, college expenses. So yep. she's like, stop buying that Bitcoin stuff. <laughs> we got college to pay for. I'm like, yeah, who cares about college? Yeah. We got Bitcoin to buy. Um, uh, um, she'll be so, it, she'll be happy if uh, Luke's thesis is that uh, that he thinks the cycles will be shorter now. Um, so he, you know, I don't think he'd be surprised if there was an all time high within like nine, 10, 12 months. So if your son's going to be a senior, mm-hmm. then, you know, you'd look like a genius. You'd be able to turn around to your wife and be like, hey, there we go. He's going to college and look at all this Bitcoin we have. Like, we're good yeah. to go. Um, and then she'll want me to sell it all and I'll be, heck no. Yeah, I know. That's the funniest part is that you'll be like, sell it. And you're like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah, why, why would I do that? It's going to a million, babe. Yep. Yep. It's a, uh, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's something that, you know, all kids like if they could just start grasping it, which I, I'm pretty sure probably the kids you're teaching now will like grow up and it'll just be part of their life. Like, yeah, I think so. I think so. It's going to become part of their everyday life. Um, the boomers like, like us will. Um... The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. It's pretty important to get. Because, uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, I can't tell where I'm going to drop this part in the episode yet with Josh, but, you know, he was talking about getting into wallets and his son wanted to learn how to get into wallets. So I'm sending him the promo code and the link that you guys get to. You go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple and use promo code Bitcoin made simple. You get 5% off and you get the best sleekest hardware wallet in the game and, uh, all we see on Twitter constantly is, hey, uh, get your keys off the exchange because, oh, whether it's going to be regulation or there's going to be, you know, toll booths at the off ramps, let's say. Um, 
off of the exchanges and onto uh, to the hardware wallet. You better do it now. And also, oh, I don't know, these exchanges might go insolvent. So you definitely want to get yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. It is an easy to use, simple wallet. It is like the size of a thumb drive. It has a touch screen on it. It takes less than five minutes to figure it out. And it's very easy to use. Comes with a micro SD uh, to back up your, to create a backup uh, for your wallet. And also, um, it's open source, uh, and the firmware is open source. So, you know, all the uh, the trusty nerds who are not trusting and verifying have gone in there and taken a look at it, made sure it's all good. So, go to shiftcrypto.ch/bitcoinmadesimple and use the promo code bitcoinmadesimple to get five percent off. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there we go. All right, we're good. Sorry about that. My my daughter was trying to call me and I accidentally pushed the wrong button. Oh no, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so you're saying about us boomers. Yeah, you know, like kids. people my age are a little bit old. I'm not necessarily a boomer, um, but people a little bit older than me, They, I think they it, it's harder for them to wrap their, high, their, their head around uh, Bitcoin just because they didn't grow up with all the technology. And so kids these days that grow up um, using, you know, being introduced to Bitcoin at a younger age, it'll be easier for them. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it just makes so much more sense because they're like, why would I hold paper money? That's like, you know, <laughs> like for boomers, it's really hard where they're like, I can I can't touch Bitcoin. Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, you can. Like, there's you know, you can touch it. Um, but for the younger generation, it's just going to make yeah. sense. And you know, it's funny. Like my son has his piggy bank, and but like he knows all about Bitcoin. He's <laughs> seven so he's like you know daddy's been into bitcoin basically as far as he knows his whole life um and uh and he just you know he doesn't it doesn't even phase him like because he i said do you want for like chores do you want to earn bitcoin he was like yeah <laughs> like all right cool let's do that you know he doesn't he you know the money the money the volatility doesn't make sense to him yet you know he doesn't even know yeah. how much money he has but like I'm sure like I'm just envisioning I'm like okay five years from now he's like 12 and he's doing like maybe he's going around cutting grass and like people people's yards like he's probably going to bitcoin he's not going to want money like if they give him cash he's going to come home and be like dad can you like turn this to bitcoin real quick yeah. like what do I do with this paper um it's just insane uh you know and and the kids are just so well I, technology wise what do you see how is fifth grade is it getting bad with technology with kids in school they have like phones and all that stuff and i swear we're yeah. we're trying to not let our kids have phones until they like can drive <laughs> um yeah being an educator um i've seen the rise of the the cell phone in the classroom <laughs> i remember 15 20 years ago like no nobody had cell phones um, and then it, it gradually got to the point where a few kids had cell phones. And now it's pretty much pretty much every kid in, in middle school. Almost every kid has a cell phone. Um, maybe one or two kids don't. Um, and maybe one or two kids, their parents might make them leave their phones at home during the school day. But um, I guarantee you if I did a survey of my classes, it'd be 95% of the kids have, have a phone, their own yeah. phone. Um, my wife teaches uh, as well. She teaches 
technology. Um, okay. And she teaches she teaches elementary, so she's teaching you know kindergartners how to use the computer. Um, and most of them, they come into class and they already know they're already getting on Google and you know YouTube and doing stuff as, as kindergartners, you know. So they're <laughs> kids these days. They they they're growing up on on, on the tech. And so she's a tech teacher, but she's not a Bitcoiner or she's a Bitcoiner uh, by proxy, maybe. Yeah, she um, just you know, it, and there's a lot of people that I talk to that are like this. It just doesn't pique her interest, mm-hmm. which blows my mind when I say something like Bitcoin is going to change the world. She's just like, OK, honey. Like she doesn't want to know why I think that. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I'm the you same know, way. Like, you, you don't want to know the details, babe? No, just as long as you can buy me a vacation home in about five years. Yep, that's that's, okay. that's like I'll I'll get there every once in a while. It just bubbles up, and we'll be in the car, and I start talking, and she goes, "Okay, you have about five minutes." She's like, "That's the max I can listen." Like I just right. She's like, "I can't, I can't." She's like, it just doesn't register with me. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's just, she's like, I'm glad you're paying attention to the finances, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's your domain. I mean, then we laugh. Cause like, she's like, if something ever happened to me, like, I'm just so afraid of what you and the kids will eat. <laughs> like, exactly. She's like, you know, you gotta eat like, you know, just pizza like Taco Bell and yep. McDonald's and Wendy's. And I was like, well, no, I mean, we'll eat like Pizza Hut too. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the, like we'll, we'll mix it up every once in a while. But like, I just, I was like, she just told my son, she was like, you can learn. To, he asked when he could like cook with her. And she said, oh, I'm going to teach you how to cook so that you know how to cook for your wife someday. And I was like, was that directed at me? And she was like, take it how you want. (laughs) So it's like, but you know, it's just how any marriage is. It's like, you know, you, you each pick up with slack and like different areas, but it's funny because like, I guess if I look at it from the aspect of like, if she was really excited about cooking and how cooking was going to change the world, I'd be like, all right, you have like five minutes. Like it's the most I can handle, you know? Although I actually, not, ironically, she's been telling me for years about GMOs, seed oils, all that stuff. Really? And yeah. And, and so that's why I, I joke. I tell her she's a Bitcoiner. She doesn't even know because I'm sure you've seen on Twitter. It's yeah. Like the Bitcoiners are all about organic, you know, eating grass fed meat and, you know, rejecting seed oils. Sunscreen's bad for you. Right. Like all that stuff. And I'm like, you told me these things. Well, actually, I didn't even. One thing I told her, I said, we shouldn't use sunscreen anymore. And she was like, we don't. I was like, oh. And she's like, why? Like, have you not noticed the sunscreen we use is like a paste? I'm like, oh. Mm. I just do what I'm told. Yeah. My my wife is very health conscious as as well. She's gluten free and all that stuff. So Um, she can't wear sunscreen naturally because she's allergic to it. So. That's something that uh, we're used to. We don't really use sunscreen. Well, it, it works out. I mean, you know, you don't you don't need it. Turns out for, you know, 99.99% of human existence, we didn't have sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And people tended to not get melanoma. Um, and, you know, it's just interesting. I don't know. 
it's just so many rabbit holes that have you yeah. noticed when you get into Bitcoin, you're like, oh, the Bitcoin rabbit hole and you like work your way into it. And then you're like, there is like a thousand other rabbit holes in here. Yep. It's never ending. Wonder if, uh, you know, have you ever listened to uh, Daniel Prince's podcast? No. Uh, the Once Bitten podcast. He He's a big advocate for homeschool um mm -hmm. and uh and i i'm like in the middle of the road on that so i'm curious what your thoughts are like because like we where we move to the class sizes are really small and it's like i can see the huge benefit in that you know so like we're not necessarily homeschoolers you know i don't want the government teaching my kids things i don't want them to know but like we moved to a rural area, so I don't think we're going to have that problem. Um, and, uh, and also I don't have the capacity to be a teacher. I don't know how you guys do it. I have my hats off to you guys, but, uh, you know, the thing that... um, go ahead. Teaching, teaching is a, I tell people that teaching is a roller coaster ride. It's, it, it definitely has its ups, but it has its downs. And the, the topic of um, homeschooling can be very, uh, touchy for some mm -hmm. educators. Uh, there's some educators that believe that, you know, homeschooling is just garbage. Like um, they'll say anytime I ever had uh, some teachers will say sometimes uh, they'll say anytime I've had a homeschool student that has come to, you know, a regular classroom, they're so far behind everyone is what they usually say. Um, for me, um, the only, I think the only reason that I've stayed in education this long is because I teach art. Um, if I was teaching um, a core class like math or science or something like that, I don't know if I would have survived in education as long as I have. Um, it's just, it's, it's so difficult to jump through all the hoops uh, that, that teachers are made to jump through these days with, with all the testing and curriculum and all that stuff. Um, because I teach art, I'm, I'm free to basically teach whatever I want. I don't have to do testing. I have fun with the kids and I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. Um, I, I know several families that um, homeschool their kids and their kids are great. They, they, they probably, you, you can, if you have a good family that's, that's homeschooling their kids, um, it's a thousand times better mm -hmm. than coming to, uh, a public classroom um, because you can probably learn more in one to two hours of homeschooling than, than you will in, a, you know, an entire day or week uh, in, in the classroom. Um, now I've also had, you know, some homeschool kids that came to the regular, you know, the public school and they were very far behind because homeschooling for them they weren't really being schooled at all they were just mm -hmm. so it just depends um and, and there are a lot of things i can see that parents wouldn't want um their kids to be taught at a public school um and my kids we we just teach them what we believe and then tell them that you might be taught something different at school mm -hmm. and that's okay because you know people have different opinions but this is why we believe what we believe i think that's healthy mm -hmm. uh, for kids to 
to, to know um, that there's different opinions out there and um, it's okay if your teacher's teaching you something maybe that you don't quite, you know, agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that that's more for older kids because younger kids, they, you know, yeah, they're just, if you're, <laughs> I don't know how political we want to get here, but if you're teaching like a kindergartner that, it, you know, it's great to be a transgender, eh, that's going to ruffle a lot of parents feathers. I think Yep. The kindergartner's not old enough to be like, I know here they can't they're kindergartners i know um, i was like they're kindergartners they don't need to be talking about sex right exactly um so yeah i mean if 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 the school i was in was you know um teaching stuff like that um i would probably have a problem with it but um we we don't go that route and um Hopefully most schools don't go that route. I know if you're in California or New York, um, then you're probably, your kids are probably getting taught stuff that you might not agree with if, if they're in the public school. Um, and as a parent, you need to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, before I let you go, uh, um, one of the, a couple, uh, one angle I wanted to get at with you since you're an art teacher Um because me being a filmmaker, I obviously am a big believer in the arts. Um, and I, you know, was part of, I was the hybrid in high school. I was um, uh, like captain of the hockey team, played baseball, but also was like play the trombone, was in the wind ensemble, took art classes, did the musical wow. jazz band. Like, so I, I, I wasn't in one camp or the other and there was a, you know, a few of us like that. And so we liked, you know, being friends with everybody. Um, and, uh, but I just always see the value, like art is so valuable to, um, education and, you know, like, I don't know, this is just my personal opinion. Like I look at it as, you know, like you take a math test and it can be, you know, it was like, you're either right or wrong, blah, blah, blah. And, Mm -hmm. and I loved the fact that it was go back to my art teacher in eighth grade, uh, Mr. Carson. But I remember like, you know, sitting down and drawing, I'm not the greatest like drawer. Like I, I, I'm not good at drawing realistic things. It's just not my thing with like a sketch of any kind, but I was doing like abstract art. And he just like loved it. He was like, this is really good. You know? And I was like, wow. Like I was like, I'm just kind of sitting down and he like would give me stuff. Be like, just sit down and make something like whatever you want. And I was like, okay. And like, I would just make these like weird things that were fun. And it was kind of like working different muscles in my brain. And I wasn't even really thinking about what I was doing. It was just spilling onto the paper. And it was like, and then at the end he'd be like, this was like, this is really good. Like, this is so interesting, you know? And like, and I think it's important for kids to know that like, look, it's not cookie cutter, you know, not everything is like, you know, you, you shouldn't be shoved into a box. So I guess that's my long winded say of my way of saying my view on art, but like, you know, as, as an art teacher, you know, what do you see as the value that kids get out of art that, that maybe, 
they don't even realize they're getting and that people don't really ever notice? Uh, first of all, it sounds like you had a really good art teacher. Um, yes, it was uh, great. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a lot of kids that come from other schools or go to other schools and they talk about how their, their art teacher is very, very rigid and firm. They make the kids do things exactly the way that they want them to do it. And sometimes that's okay, I guess, if you're teaching a specific skill or whatnot. But I, I tend to be more free with the kids where if if they want to make the art in their own way, they, they can. And so the the um, what kids get out of it is um, they get freedom to create. Um, they're problem solving, right? They're trying to figure out the best way to create whatever it is that they're creating. Um, it's, it's a journey, you know? Um, I get a lot of kids in class that aren't necessarily great at art, but I'm not grading them on like how awesome their artwork looks. Um, I think that's important for the kids to know because it puts a lot of stress on some kids if they think that if they do a bad work of art that looks bad, they're going to get a bad grade. Um, that's not good. Uh, it's not healthy for the kids to be under that kind of stress. So um, I try to tell the kids, just, you know, do the best you can with it. And if it doesn't turn out the way that you thought it would turn out, it doesn't look the way you thought it look, would look, that's okay. I'm not going to fail you for that. You get, you know, you get an A for effort as long as you were trying and you were, you know, basically following the instructions of whatever the assignment was. Um, a lot of kids, they love coming to my class because it's a break from all the other stuff um, that they're doing throughout the day, you know, and all the other classes are forced to sit and take notes or, you know, do whatever, you know, doing all this other stressful stuff. In my, my class, I try to make it as, as less stressful as possible where they get to come in and be creative and I get to, you know, it's not complete freedom. If you give middle schoolers complete freedom, look out, you know, they're going to yeah. you know, burn down the building. But, you know, I, I try to, you know, gently nudge them and, you know, direct them in the in the right directions. Um, but they get, you know, freedom to be creative. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I think that's important, you know. And, like, the thing that's cool about art is that, like, you know, it's important for kids to know that it's it's, like, cool to be different. You know, what yeah, I mean? that's, hard. that's hard for middle schoolers. They all want to, they all want to be cool, but they all think cool is being, being a certain way when really, if they just would just be themselves, that yep. would be the best thing for them. And it's, it's hard for them to figure that out. Middle schoolers are not quite human yet is what we say here at the middle school. Um, their brains are not fully developed yet. Uh -huh. <laughs> they, they still got a long ways to go. So it, it takes a lot of patience as a teacher working yeah. with middle schoolers. Yeah, I could imagine it, uh, it could be exhausting. Um, I was just trying to teach my son swim lessons, like, and that was frustrating as could be, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how people do. It. I tease my brother and sister all the time where I'm like, oh man, like teaching so hard. You have that three month paid vacation, you know, like it's, um, but I know I, I do it. I do it with love for them because I, I know that it's not an easy job. And um, especially my sister teaches like, like theology. She's at a Catholic school and she teaches mm. theology and like 
you know, talking about like kids, like different views on the world, like high schoolers. I'm like, Ooh, like I would not want to be in your shoes right now. Like having high schoolers coming in and talking about their theories on what's going on in the world. Oh yeah. They, uh, they got some (laughs) strange ideas. Yep. Yep. They definitely do. Um, but, uh, wow. So I, I do, I really appreciate this and, um, and maybe, uh maybe it'd be good to do like you know maybe every once in a while do like a check-in as the as time progresses to see how you know like where where you are in your bitcoin journey because i find you know that it's like it's just always evolving and stuff so be curious absolutely that would be awesome um one thing i wanted to ask you about before we we leave Mm -hmm. uh, is wallets yeah Uh, because like I said, I am not the most tech savvy person in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually bought a Trezor wallet last year and could not figure out how to use it. I don't think I had the right computer for it or something. And then, like I mentioned, I want to you know, get some Bitcoin for my son. Mm-hmm. So you apparently have um, a recommendation. Yeah, the sponsor. Yeah. Yep. And I can send you, so yeah, it's the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, um, shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple is where you can um, check it out. And I'll I'll DM you the message, but if you use promo code Bitcoin made simple, you get 5% off. Okay. Um, I really like it because um, it's like, honestly, this I, I wish I have one like, on hand just to like show to the camera but it's like the size it's like slightly bigger than a thumb drive um you plug it in to your usb port it even comes with the adapter if you have that smaller like usb c or whatever um but uh on a macbook or a like windows whatever you use there's just a uh application you download um and and then you can get the address from that and just go to your exchange and send it to your uh, to your address. And it's like the little thumb drive thing is password protected, but it's like a it's like a touch screen. So it's very easy to use. Um, you just and especially for someone like your son, who's like a teenager, probably be pretty intuitive for him. Um, but yeah, it's I would recommend that one just because it's. It, the other ones can be really intimidating, I feel like. And I was really, really intimidated the first time I ever did a wallet. And I always joke whenever I talk about the BitBox is that like in the past I had a wallet and I'd send Bitcoin to it and then I would just leave it because I was like, you know, I don't want to do that again. I was That was that was scary. Yeah. You know, um, and so what I with the BitBox though, I actually, um, it's like so easy that I, I get, I got like addicted to it. It was like, Ooh, I bought like, like I should go buy like 200 bucks of Bitcoin and send it to the wallet real quick. Um, you know, just cause it was, it felt good having it in cold storage. Um, so yeah, so I would, I would recommend using them. Um, not just cause they're the sponsor. I do firmly believe that I know the, the, my listeners probably like, Oh, you take a sponsor just for money, but, uh, quite seriously, I it wouldn't take a sponsor if it wasn't something that I didn't like myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. 
in believing um because this isn't my job this is a hobby you know right. so <laughs> i'm just trying to spread the signal um uh but yeah it's it's pretty easy to use and then um it comes with a micro sd that you can like put in and then use that as your backup so like you could put it in like two separate locations so you yeah. can you put that into like the thing while you're uh, putting it on you back it up and then you pull the you the micro sd out um you know so you could put one in like you know your you keep you put the one in like your safety deposit box or something like that mm -hmm. the micro sd and then and then put your you know actual bit box you know somewhere at home in a secure place mm -hmm. um and uh and then i'm i have to see how this could i think i mean every time you can create a new address but you could also send it to the same address i think and have it land on your wallet again like i'm not I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure that might be really bad advice, but, you know, regardless, you just go on, you create it, generate a new address mm -hmm. and, and it goes to the same uh, wallet like that. Every wallet can create like, I think millions of addresses. Um, I think that's so that like, it's less trackable, you know, more secure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that would be a good way to get your son involved like because it's probably one of the slicker ones um that uh you know would be much more up his alley because he's you know this tech generation yeah um but uh but yeah if you have any questions about it too just dm me you know i can i can walk you walk through it with you and and uh and hopefully we can uh figure it out together and and maybe your son will listen to this and go you know what dad you're right i need bitcoin <laughs> I need some Bitcoin. Um, he's probably going to go out and buy more. Um, so hopefully we did our job. But where did you get the name Thundermeat, by the way? I was curious about that. Um, it came from, um, you know, who Dave Barry is. Yeah, the famous um, comedian, uh, author, or writer. Uh, Dave, Dave Barry. Barry. He's, he's done a couple movies, and he, he writes... And he's, he's wrote, written a lot of books. Um, and Thundermeat was in one of his books I, well, I was reading. And Thundermeat was the what he would call his, his rock band if he ever had a rock <laughs> band. I just thought it was funny. So I, I snagged it and used it as my Twitter handle. That's funny. That's funny. I wonder if any of your former students are going to find you on Twitter now. And Oh, a few already have. <laughs> So now they're gonna be like, "Oh, my teacher's on my teacher's. Look, yeah, he's on, he's on a podcast now. It's crazy." I mean, I know for a fact if Mr. Carson was on a podcast, I would be watching it right now. And I'm 36 years old, you know, <laughs> more than 20 years ago when he was my teacher. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, well, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time, and you know. Uh, I'll tell the plebs if anybody wants to talk shitcoin to Bitcoin stories, you know, to to reach out to to Thundermeat. Absolutely. Well, thanks so thanks. much for coming on. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Josh for coming on. And again, any plebs that want to join the show and tell their story of how they went shitcoiner to Bitcoiner, I will gladly have you on. I will talk to you guys. Oh, it's the duh.
thank the sponsor again, shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off. Thank you guys. I will talk to you guys next week.